Part 1, Chapter 7, The Second Purgation, namely of Affection for Sin. Although all the Israelites left Egypt in effect, not all of them left it in affection, and hence in the wilderness many of them regretted their lack of the onions and flesh pots of Egypt. In like manner, there are penitents who leave sin in effect, but do not leave it in affection. They resolve never to sin again, but it is with a certain reluctance that they give up or abstain from the fatal delights of sin. Their heart renounces and shuns sin, but looks back at it just as Lot's wife looked back at Sodom. They abstain from sin like sick men abstaining from melons. They don't eat them solely because the doctor warns them that they'll die if they do, but they begrudge giving them up, talk about them, would eat them if they could, want to smell them at least, and envy those who can eat them. In such a way, weak, lazy penitents abstain regretfully for a while from sin. They would like very much to commit sins if they could do so without being damned, They speak about sin with a certain petulance and with liking for it and think those who commit sins are at peace with themselves. A man who had resolved to take vengeance on another will change his mind in the confessional, but a little later you will find him among his friends talking delightedly about his quarrel and saying, if it wasn't for the fear of God, I would do this or that. Or, in this matter of forgiving people, the divine law is a hard thing, and I wish to God it would let a man revenge himself. We all see that although this unfortunate man had been set free from sin, he is still entangled by affection for it. Although he is out of Egypt, in effect, he is still there in appetite and in his longing for the garlic and onions on which he once glutted himself. He is like a woman who detests her illicit love affairs, but still likes to be courted and pursued. Alas, all such people are in great peril. Philothea, since you wish to live a devout life, you must not only cease to sin, but you must also purify your heart of all affection for sin. In addition to the danger of falling again, such base affections so lastingly weaken and weigh down your spirits that it will be impossible to do good works promptly, diligently, and frequently, and it is in this that the very essence of devotion consists. In my opinion, Souls that have recovered from the state of sin but still retain such affections and weaknesses are like girls who are pale in color and, although not really sick, act as if they are sick. They eat without appetite, sleep without getting any rest, laugh without joy, and drag themselves about rather than walk. In like manner, such souls do good but with such spiritual weariness that it robs their good deeds of all grace and the deeds themselves are few in number and small in effect. Part 1, Chapter 8, The Means for Making This Second Purgation The highest motive for advancing to this second purgation is a strong living conviction of the great evils sin brings upon us. In this way, we arrive at a deep, intense contrition. No matter how slight contrition may be, provided only that it is genuine, and especially when it is joined to the power of the sacraments, it cleanses us sufficiently from sin. So too, when it is great and intense, it cleanses us from every affection for sin. A slight weak hatred or grudge results in an aversion to the person we dislike and leads us to avoid his company. 
If it is a mortal, violent hatred, we not only shun and detest him, but we even loathe and find unendurable the conversation of his relatives, parents, and friends. We cannot even stand his picture or anything belonging to him. In like manner, when a penitent hates sin with only a weak but still genuine contrition, he truly resolves never to sin again, but when he hates it with a strong, active contrition, he not only detests sin, but also the affections, connections, and occasions that lead to it. Philothea, we must increase our contrition and repentance as much as possible, and extend it to everything having the least relation to sin. At her conversion, Mary Magdalene so effectively lost taste for her sins and the pleasure once taken in them that she never again thought about them. David affirms abhorrence not only of sin, but also of all the ways and paths that lead to it. In this point consists the soul's rejuvenation, which the same prophet compares to the renewal of an eagle. To attain such a conviction and contrition, you must faithfully practice the following meditations. By the help of God's grace, they will be very helpful in rooting out of your heart both sin and the chief affections for it. I have composed them for this purpose. Use them in the order in which I have placed them, taking only one each day, if possible in the morning, which is the best time for spiritual exercises, and think of them during the rest of the day. If you are not as yet accustomed to meditating, read what is said on this subject in the second part. Part 1, Chapter 9 is the first meditation on our creation. As a preparation, number 1, place yourself in the presence of God. Number 2, beseech Him to inspire you. Some considerations. Number 1, Consider that a number of years ago you were not yet in the world, and that your present being was truly nothing. My soul, where were we at that time? The world had already existed for a long time, but of us there was as yet nothing. Number two, God has drawn you out of that nothingness to make you what you now are, and he has done so solely out of his own goodness and without need of you. Number three, consider the nature God has given you. It is the highest in this visible world. It is capable of eternal life and of being perfectly united to His divine majesty. Some affections and resolutions. Number one, humble yourself profoundly before God and like the psalmist say with all your heart, Lord, before you I am truly nothing. How are you mindful of me so as to create me? Alas, my soul, you were engulfed in that ancient nothing and would still be there if God had not drawn you out of it. What could you have done in that nothingness? Number two, return thanks to God. My great and good Creator, how great is my debt to you, since you were moved to draw me out of nothing and by your mercy to make me what I am. What can I ever do to bless your holy name in a worthy manner and to render thanks to your immense mercy? Number three, Rebuke yourself. Alas, my Creator, instead of uniting myself to you in love and service, I have become a total rebel by my disorderly affections, separated myself from you, strayed far from you in order to embrace sin, and shown no more honor to your goodness than if you were not my Creator. 
Number four, abase yourself before God. My soul, know that the Lord is your God. He has made you, and you have not made yourself. O God, I am the work of your hands. And number five, from now on, then, I will no longer be self-complacent, since of myself I am nothing, O dust and ashes, or rather, you who are truly nothing. Why do you glory in yourself? To humble myself, I resolve to do such and such things, to offer such and such humiliations. I desire to change my life and henceforward to follow my Creator and to find honor in the state of being He has given me, employing it entirely in obedience to His will by such means as will be taught me and about which I will ask my spiritual director. Conclusion number one, give thanks to God. Bless your God, O my soul, and let all my being praise His holy name. For his goodness has drawn me out of nothing, and his mercy has created me. Number two, offer. O my God, with all my heart I offer you the being you have given me. I dedicate and consecrate it to you. Number three, pray. O God, strengthen me in these affections and resolutions. O Holy Virgin, recommend them to the mercy of your Son, together with all those for whom I am bound to pray, and so on. And our Father, a Hail Mary. After completing your prayer, go back over it for a moment, and out of the considerations you have made, gather a little devotional bouquet to refresh you during the rest of the day.